This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Well, this is just something I worked up. Uh, I'll do it for you. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Hello, I'm Jake and this is the Maybe You Like It podcast, the podcast where we take plays, films and more that have never been staged before or are never likely to be staged again. And we talk about how we'd stage them. As always, I'm joined by Caleb. Hello, hello. And as not always, we're we're not joined by anyone else. No one else this week. <laughs> uh, yeah. No one else this week. We're having a lovely, a lovely paired time. How, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Jake. Not too bad. I'm, uh, you know, it's sort of things ramping up just before Christmas, so there's, you know, that is life, isn't it? <laughs> Without further ado, shall we look at a little thing we want to put on stage? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, so this week, uh, I have brought us actually Penguin Diplomacy, which is a radio play. Yeah, it's part of John Finnemore's Double Axe, and it was released in June 2017, and. Uh, uh, as the name suggests, double acts, they are all two-handers. And this one stars Martin Clunes and Tom Goodman-Hill. Jake, I mean, you brought it to us. What, firstly, why? Because it, it's kind of already a play in that it's a radio play. Mm. And and secondly, uh, <laughs> I don't know, just tell us a bit about it. I don't know. <laughs> all right, okay. Well, so, so I mean, first the first thing I'd say is it's on BBC Sounds. So you're listening to a podcast right now, which means you must have the means to listen to the radio play. <laughs> so I would suggest you just turn us off right now and go and listen to it. Cool. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> so you've listened to it, uh, but we'll tell you, I'll tell you a bit about it. Uh, so John Finnamore is my, probably my favorite writer in the world. Uh, he, but he writes almost exclusively for radio and he wrote, Cabin Pressure, which is if if you're a Benedict Cumberbatch fan, you'll you'll probably know of Cabin Pressure as sort of his like breakout radio sitcom about uh, a small airline. Yeah, if you're uh, a diehard fan, he also writes fan. a sketch. <laughs> yeah, be- no, no, honestly, there's like a it's like a whole what are they called like Cumberbatchians or whatever the fuck it is. Um, but they're all really into it. So he wrote that for positive comedy, and then he um he has a sketch show. Uh, that he writes with some very funny people as well, uh, that he sometimes tours live, and he does a radio show. It's called uh, John Finnamore's Souvenir Program. And he always, he also does these double acts. Um, and basically, he's just a prolific and very clever comedy radio writer. Mm. And I really like him, and I really like all pretty much everything he makes. Uh, and this particular series, uh, yes, as you say, they are already plays in a lot of ways. Uh, but what John Finnamore does is he uses the form of radio in a very particular way. So I, this is the, I picked this one as I think it was the, to me, it's the most stageable. Yes. Um, there are other ones, like there's one that he's done that is just set at a, uh, the back of a wedding reception. There's one set on a train. There's one set in the, in a car, the whole thing's in a car. Yeah. There's loads of different, different versions. And this one has its own, loads of different challenges and this one has its own challenges to make to bring out of the space of radio and into the real world and also because i think they should be staged i think these are amazing these great radio plays actually i genuinely think someone should do them as plays yes and, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's why i want to talk about it really and so yeah penguin diplomacy itself 
is about a British soldier soon after the Second World War who visits a small island off the coast of Georgia, I believe. But I'm not. I couldn't quite work out which Georgia. Um, yeah, I think possibly American Georgia, but I'm not quite sure. That to me, that doesn't quite make sense either, though. No, it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit fictional in the in the world. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, and he come and he he arrives there, uh, and he discovers that uh, he 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 thinks he's the only person there, and he's just putting up a flagpole. But he discovers there's a Danish man living there who insists on welcoming welcoming him to Denmark. And they essentially spend the entire rest of the time having a a diplomatic conversation in which they are, over a period of weeks and weeks, uh, trying to work out who, who, what sovereign colonial state owns this tiny piece of land that no one lives on other than this Danish man who wants to look at penguins. Um, And through the course of those conversations, they become very good friends. But the British man with his stiff upper lip and very uh, queen and country attitude has to do what he's told by his foreign office, uh, or at least has to do it in certain ways, uh, which means that he is trying to get the Danish man to uh, to do what the British government want. Um, but he, as the Danish man's friend, want, wants the Danish man to be able to stay on his own and look at the penguins. And that we learned some very funny and interesting things about penguins at the, uh, <laughs> all, at the, at the time as well. And it's just, it's so, it's very sweet. Yes. Um, and very neat. And it's... Very well, and very neat. Very well put yes. together. It, yeah. And in the end, this, the resolution is that the Danish man can... Uh, can be left alone with his friend and his penguins, uh, much to the chagrin, I'm sure, I'm sure, of the British government who wanted to mine a nearby island. Yeah. Uh, which So the, the whole time their dispute is actually not that which one's British and which one's... Whether that island is British or Danish, it is about there's two islands and which one's British or Danish. I make it sound very boring the way I'm saying it. No, but, but I think that's really, what's really so fun. smart about it is that it is what should be a very dry and mundane topic is turned into this really fruitful comedic and characterful little vignette because these two characters are so likable because they like each other so much very quickly there's like a very quick bond that forms between them and because Mm. uh the situation is you know in a sort of legal sense quite boring but it is quite funny and silly and sort of whimsical when you sort of actually get into the finer detail of how these things work. Why is it that both Britain and Denmark are staking these claims on these tiny rocks somewhere in the sort of South Pacific or South Atlantic? I I, I assume it's South Pacific because there's a reference at the beginning actually about um, about people uh, who, you know, asking whether he's someone who is left from the war and doesn't realise the war's over which is something that genuinely happened to lots of soldiers, particularly Japanese soldiers, mm. who were left for, in some cases, decades mm. on these Pacific islands. There's an Archer episode about that, isn't there? <laughs> is there really? I actually didn't know that. Yeah, there's a whole Archer episode I'm where sure he they, finds a Japanese soldier. I'm sure they handle that in. very carefully. <laughs> they handle it as Archer would handle it, yes. with with careful careful violence, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, um, I know, I, and I think... I think it is this weird thing where it's um I do think it's this story that shouldn't really work. Like when it's doing the sort of setup in the first couple of minutes, you're like, Oh, like where can you even go with this? That's interesting. But there's some really neat stuff in in the relationship between those two characters, them playing chess and the Danish man making, you know, like stew and soup and they sit down and eat together and the Englishman brings him like brandy and other sort of I guess <laughs> English delicacies as well. There's like 
corned beef or something like that? Corned beef, pineapples. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a whole thing where, so he's not allowed to give it to him yes. diplomatically. So he has to leave it on the beach. And, and say it like, was That's his. Not mine. I've not seen that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and then it, the same, you know, Jess just returned with a chess set uh, later in the episode. J- Jake, how do, how do we stage this? All right, okay, how do we stage this? So I, the main issue, I guess, is that the form of these double acts is that John Finnemore himself, as narrator John Finnemore, yes. begins each one by saying, we are here. Yes. This is what's going on. And he normally does a little joke in it. So in this one, he says, and as I say, go and listen to it if you haven't already. But in this one, he says, we are on the windswept beaches of a small island in the South Pacific. Uh, and Captain, I can't actually remember his name, Briggers or whatever it is, uh, uh, is hammering a small flagpole into the beach. The only other people there are a bunch of penguins watching it like a play and a Danish man. He has not noticed the Danish man. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they, they, he kind of creeps up at him and it's very funny. And so I guess so. It's, there's, there's kind of the problem of scene setting and then it's all set over a long period of time where you have yes. little scenes and then... And then John Finnemore comes in and says, a week later, and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's, um, that doesn't work well, stage, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> that doesn't, so that I, think, doesn't I think that's our main challenge. Yes. What I would say is that John Finnemore has said on record that this was the most challenging episode of Double Axe to write. And the reason for that is because he actually, the when he wrote it to start with, it was an hour and a half. Yeah. It was... Had much longer scenes and much much more time was spent building this relationship between these two two men. Yeah, and he said it was so hard because you had to I had to make them believably friends in like five minutes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if we were to you know get a hold of him and and get those get expanded physical, maybe, maybe... get a hold of him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, by um, the scruff of the neck, yeah, by um, the lapels or something. <laughs> and the devil will drag you under the uh, guys and dolls reference the. <laughs> No, but but so my first idea basically is maybe maybe it could be just like three longer scenes and it's three acts and yes and yeah, yeah, yeah. um and it's sort of set in that place or we find a fun way of sort of skipping through time um and maybe in, maybe it's in a sort of repetition. I saw something recently that was um it was two men f- who meet just after they break up um and then there was a series of scenes set over about i think it was about 15 years mm. and there was just a blackout there was just a flash of blackout and then they were in a different and then it was yeah know, maybe six weeks later two years later and normally i i like i used to like really not like that yeah but it worked it worked okay here i was i did write there was a scratch night so there was like a feedback sheet and i did write like is there another way of doing this i did yes. that is what i wrote on the yeah. feedback sheet and so I would want to find something else. Like, so a thought I had is like, so he comes in on this boat. Every time the Englishman comes, he comes on a boat. Yeah. And so I thought I had, if we had, if I had all the money in the world, <laughs> maybe you have that, you know, you can, you know, you can make like little pools. So I'm um, in uh, rockets and blue lights at the national theater recently. They had it there. You can have a little pool of water, like on the side of the stage. Yeah. They don't seem too hard to make. Um, I was thinking maybe we could have one of those and like the little, like, like an, end, an end of a rowboat and maybe it could just go on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he comes I mean, on and they could do can, that. You, you can make very you, big when entering Denmark as well if you want like you know as mentioned on the podcast last week Chich flooded their whole stage for a production of Way Upstream absolutely yeah no I I I was just thinking the same thing about having I was thinking about actually I think in some ways that the solution to this comes in your design Mm. you know because basically we sort of have three settings right we have a kind of beach area where this boat arrives each time we have some Mm. outdoor space that they're in and then we have this small hut 
that uh the Danishman's obviously living in. Yeah, oh and I think that I really I think the design is so important there as well because there's this um essentially that it it works very well on radio because yes. the, the guy they've been standing in front of it the whole time and he hasn't noticed it's there because it's yeah. a height and so he's And like, it's like the second time they've met the as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but I would love to find a way to do that in the set where you yeah. like there's a whole like bit behind that we don't see yes, until yeah, yeah. He I mean, opens the door. I think you could build this kind of set that is like it sort of has this uh this area of water on one part of the stage maybe a third of the stage is this like pool of water which is like the back corner or like one of the back corners and then as you sort of progressively come into the scene you then have like this small beach area up to about halfway through uh, across the stage and then you have this sort of greener area which is where like a lot of the action takes place and then i'm thinking you could have this thing that looks like a sort of grass mound or something um, but it could ju- just yeah. be it could be the hut interior on the other side and it's just on this like really small quick res- revolve and so you could just have like at the moment <laughs> when they need it the the danish man just says oh, oh you know like step into this you know my hide and it just flicks around and you have this reveal of this like in- interior space that we've not seen before because we just assumed it was this grass mound that's very fun that's very fun my other thought would be instead of it being the sort of cold space we could have a, an island that's a bit further south yes and because there's still penguins down there and whatever oh, and... A, a bit further north yes sorry we're in the <laughs> southern hemisphere a bit further north you're right a bit further north. Yes, we could have a, an island that's a bit further north and it could be a hot island. And instead of having to do the kind of revolve and build that whole interior set, if we want to go a little bit cheaper, yes, it, we could still have that reveal where we find out it's a hide, but he just brings stuff out of it rather than us yeah. having to go inside yeah. it ourselves. That's a neat idea. And they can just well. do stuff out on the beach. And that gives us that sort of one space. I think either of those works. I do think this... Yeah, 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 either of those works. I, I, I think there's something neat about having a, a space on stage that... It, the audience assumes is one thing and then suddenly it's another thing well what if it instead of the man what if it looks like it's the proscenium like the side yeah. of the stage and then it like actually the stage is much bigger that would be fun that as well. would be really fun actually yeah or even like let's say we're putting this on in a proscenium arch theater uh if you have like a space that you've built that is like the playing space and then the hide is behind it i'm thinking like when we when we went to see the life i lead like you build a backdrop that's way closer than the back of the stage and then he could just like walk around behind the backdrop and like wheel out the, this interior space that is the hide to to oh, round into like fun. next to the playing space or something like that. I think yeah. any any of those that's things. Really fun. So the life I lead for yes. context is it was Miles Jupp, one man play about um a, the dad from Mary Poppins. Yes. I want to say well, yeah. is that right? The actor yeah. that played him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's it. The actor that played him. That's what I couldn't remember. I can't. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, and yeah. The, the, it, we saw it at the Oxford Playhouse, which is a medium-sized stage, I'd say. Yes. But it, the space he was playing in was much, much smaller and downstage, and um, it worked really well as a sort of one-man space. But no, I completely, I can really picture that. It sort of gets wheeled out. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I just because this radio play it doesn't acknowledge that it's a play doesn't mean we can't when yeah. we make it a play. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And I think that would be a really fun way of doing that. Um, 
And yeah, so I, I guess I'm just thinking we sort of just slightly expand it because it's only half an hour long at the moment. If you just if you just find a way to expand it so that he can actually properly, we see him leave every time and then maybe he just comes straight back on. Yeah. You know, maybe that's how we do the time change. We don't do any blackouts. He literally goes by and then as soon as the boat leaves, it just comes straight back on. And, <laughs> and we just, well, and, and we just, we understand that it's been time. My thought around that is if we've built this backdrop, I think we could paint this backdrop. We could paint onto the backdrop. Yeah, like having like a traditional painted backdrop, you could paint on the like rock in the distance with the cormorants on it, right? And uh, and that's where the boat, like the boat comes past that rock as it comes in every time. And I think then you could use lighting to light it different colors for like different times of day, right? And so you could have him right. leave and it could be like, you know, like the warm glow of a sunset or whatever. And then like he's coming back on and it's like, you know, that like sort of blue light of like dawn or something, you know, a week later or whatever. So, and you just have like a, a, a yeah, like a yeah. ver- either a very quick fade or like an immediate snap in lighting. And then you can have that thing where he, he goes off and, and the minute he goes off, he starts coming back on again because you've just seen the change in time through lights and through color on the back of the stage yeah that's fun that's fun oh yeah that's definitely something we could do i think yeah i think we could kind of do both yeah like they keep the boat comes back straight back yes, on yeah and we do a little lighting change i'm thinking i uh, will be fun is if it's something like every time he goes off and comes back on they do like a, a quick change so he goes off and that's maybe we really like see funny. the end of the boat because if maybe he's at, if he's at the back of the boat then yeah. maybe, we, maybe we, that'll give him like four seconds or something and if you like say we're setting it in like a warmer climb if if he's wearing a different like stupid shirt yes, every time brilliant. like Hawaiian brilliant. shirt yeah yeah <laughs> and I mean equally like you do that you do the um the Deaf in Paradise gag where uh, Ben Miller's character in the first couple of seasons of Deaf in Paradise the the TV show you know he's in this Caribbean island but he yeah he must wear a suit every day because he's sort of like this very British man and you could do something like that do you know why they changed that is it just because the actors didn't want to so I saw Ben Miller speak about this once oh right and he said I was gonna quit because I was so hot yeah I'm not sick. They, filmed, they filmed that for six months at a time <laughs> yeah 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 and he was like I got so ill from like yeah, overheating yeah I was like look I'm gonna quit or you let me yeah, that's know it. it's like anymore. as good a gag as it is like it's it's pretty rough yeah. um well but like that that actually works for a, a warmer or a colder climate because you could have him arrive in this freezing cold wasteland wearing just a suit like not even like a puffer coat or any of this on top yeah and, and like the danish man can be all suited up in like the coat and everything and he's just there in like just a normal suit well this brings me to sort of the more overarching question that i've been thinking about which is as i say this is only half an hour long yes um, we talked when we talked about um inside number nine most recently about the sort of b play yeah about popping things in front of actually i'm getting confused aren't i we talked we talked about with modern love we talked about with modern love about we talked this about sort the, of the idea of, play yeah the, like the b movie yeah yeah and about sort of putting shorter you know, what do we do with shorter stuff essentially yes and i mentioned we could just make this longer it could be in front of someone like we've been talking about as a sort of b play um but and we were talked before when we talked about it we talked about this idea of uh maybe the cast of the show whatever the show is coming in and being in it yeah now this is set at the moment it's set very specifically between like uh sort of in, in the late 40s early 50s um they mentioned gary cooper who is a very famous actor from the 50s so i recommend it's more like maybe 55 ish it's um, yeah, well it's definitely and, after it's a few years after the war is what it says right after second world war yeah and there's mentions of loads of yeah loads of those sort of guys that did 
you know, like Humphrey Bogart gets a mention as well and, and all those yeah. sort of big fifties stars. Yeah. And Lauren, someone who I don't know, but yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so there's, there, there's all those, there's all those contexts, but actually I've been thinking, could you forget, like not make it Denmark, not make it England? Could it, could it be set whenever, wherever in a certain sense in this, like imagine that it's actually like a small moon and there's two like yes, planets yes. That, that are claiming it or it's uh or it's set in like a hundred years after some other war and it's too i mean i'm mainly thinking of ways we can make it women is, is yes part of it because i'm because I, i'm i think at its heart it's just a, it's a story about friendship and about the silliness of international relations in in the, yeah. that sense yeah and i think that hasn't gone away and i think those themes of friendship are not any less interesting for sure and so i'm basically thinking can we make it in such a sort of a fluid enough way that it could it could almost like tour tours like yes. it could just go in front of whatever and, yeah 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 wherever oh, yeah. and whoever's in whoever's in whatever it's in front of it just just does it i know? think for me i completely agree with you and i think you could set this anywhere in a way i mean i think there are specific elements to it that really work i think that idea of like after the second world war britain going around and like just reclaiming whatever space it can i think is like a pretty interesting because it it was a pretty bad thing to go and do i think as well there's obviously that sort of british like stiff upper lip thing going on and there's like a lot of the sort of like yes humor comes out of that i mean i guess you can transfer that type that archetype onto anyone anytime any place mm. and just make it clear that that's where it comes from i guess for me though Actually, the question I'd ask is like, why not have it stay in the setting it's in and with the characters it has, and but just cast whoever in it? Because I think you could have a lot of fun with gender flipping this without changing who those characters are. And so having one of them playing this like super, you know, upper class, like gentlemanly Brit but just have like, you know, a woman play it or, you know, or, you know, yeah, for sure. you could do the same in terms of like colorblind casting as well. And all of these things, like it's, I think it could, I Absolutely. think you could work within the setting you have because they're such clear types and it's such a clear, like historical context. You kind of can get away with casting however you want to cover that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think, I think they both work and they both bring out different things. Yours would like mean that we can, we can keep, the yeah the, the, those messages and that, that those particular humors which i think maybe i prefer for sure and mine was just like oh i like this idea actually just just sort of the realization that actually the story did, like can basically be plonked yeah. on any stupid conflict absolutely um, yeah. which i think is fun yeah no absolutely i mean that i've had in my head this image for ages of like since i listened to it so the, as i said earlier the play opens with the british soldier like trying to hammer this flagpole into a rock basically yes. and in the radio play it's like you know 10 seconds and then he gets interrupted by the danish guy who's like hello uh but i would want like some full-on physical comedy <laughs> where whoever is playing that that character has to spend the whole time the audience are coming in oh plus wow. like maybe another two minutes yes. fiddling and like struggling with this flagpole yeah, yeah and just yeah. like Maybe, maybe he even like I don't know, like asks. I don't know what we do about the penguins. We'll get to the penguins. But like, <laughs> but, uh, but like maybe he uh, he asks someone for help, but that doesn't quite work. But like, yeah, he, yeah. like he just fully has like fifteen minutes of struggle with the cycle really before like that. I, anything happens. I think what would be fun <laughs> is if you do like 
okay, you know, doors open, audience are coming in, and that's when he starts to arrive on the boat. And so you can yeah. have him like unloading all the pack and everything, and then getting out the flagpole yeah. and then all of that, and making because then you can make a real meal of it as well. Like you say, like that really <laughs> over the top, like <laughs> uh, physical comedy. I think it'd be really funny, especially actually. I think if you have like maybe ten minutes into that, you have like the Dane. Oh no, I, I don't want to ruin the, the surprise of the hide. Actually, I was going to say have the Dane just like pop their head out of the hide or something and just like be watching him and then come out and like stand watching him for a good five minutes or something whilst he's doing it. Nah, yeah, yeah, that no, yeah, that no, that could be it. Maybe he's like in the audience. Oh, like I don't know whether he's fun. sitting in the audience, but maybe he's just like standing in the aisle. Yeah. Maybe maybe right from the start. Yeah. Maybe right from the very start of the audience coming in, that guy's just standing in the aisle. You know, that's fine as well because he could have just been somewhere <laughs> else on the it. island. Yeah. And he just like exactly, yeah, exactly. I think that's really fun. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple of things we kind of I feel like we're getting towards like returning to some of the questions at the beginning, like the voiceover and the passage of time in this. Mm. And as you hinted at just then, uh, the penguins <laughs> as well, uh, because we don't <laughs> yeah. need to see them, but we kind of, I do think we kind of need to get a sense of where they are and what they're up to at the same time. I mean, that could just be done with sound. Like we don't, you're yeah. right. Well, like we never, we never see the penguins in the, in the radio play. Like, as in, they don't even see them. They don't, they, they just talk about them. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, they don't, they don't have to be there, but I agree. But also we don't want to have some stupid, like, penguin teddy. Yeah. My, either. my one thought is, and maybe, maybe this isn't very interesting, uh, is, you know, if you have the, like, interior of the hide and we have, like, the slots at the back of it, which are, like, the little, you know, bits that he's looking through and some binoculars. Yeah. You could, like, do them looking out through the binoculars out to where the penguins are and then you could produce project onto our backdrop because at that point they're way over in the hide off of where our backdrop is if you catch my meaning yeah um you can project onto the backdrop some like i don't know like stock footage of penguins you know from like some you know one of many nature documentaries um and then i think you can have happy feet yeah 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 that that nature documentary (laughs) happy feet um and and, but then i guess then you could have some fun as well with like them sort of like you know what could be seemingly quite bland you know stock nature footage them having some fun with describing what's going on here because that's kind of the joke in in the show is like he's given these these penguins names and sort of characteristics to them and so then Mm. actually i think showing videos of actual penguins and then placing like projecting that onto them could be even funnier yeah yeah so it's this it's this sub story of uh this penguin who there's a name for them i can't remember has is essentially a home wrecker going around like, yeah. stealing other penguins' partners. Yes, um, yes, which is just great. And what's really um, nice, but they, as well, yeah, in as the end, is two male penguins like shack up together to look after this abandoned egg as well. And again, like you know, this is set in the fifties, and they kind of had this this the Dane and the Brit kind of had this conversation about it. And he's like, you know, is that an issue? He's like, no, no, no. I'm just you know, I'm surprised that even happens and it's like yeah well i've never seen it but i'm no expert i think it's like a really neat little exchange around oh, that as well that's an amazing joke it's the third fourth time they've met yeah and the guy and the danish guy is like i don't know i'm no penguin he's like oh but what about in the literature like is that like something yes. that's written down yeah. and he's <laughs> yeah. and he's like i don't know i'm no i'm not a penguin expert <laughs> and he's like well what literally you, you all you talk about is you were a penguin expert yeah <laughs> 
and like he's built a chess set which is like every different type of penguin <laughs> it's just like no no yeah. I, got, I know nothing about yeah. him <laughs> and, amazing amazing yeah. oh and the, that, that's my my second favorite thing and then my first favorite thing is the morse code thing which is just brilliant yes where threaded through the whole thing is the Dan- the english guy trying to get the danish guy to learn morse code because he's given him this little morse code uh radio and he just kind of refuses to learn. He won't even remember what SOS is. Yeah. Um, and then, like, in his, like, final negotiating thing where he's he has to try and trick him, but he doesn't want to, he says, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. In this, <laughs> like, uh, in this, like, he's doing SOS in Morse code. And... Uh, but he doesn't get it and it's and you don't get it either. yeah yeah and the bit i love uh, as well is when it's he's just... he's testing the dane on his on his morse code and the dane says long 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 short 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 long 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 <laughs> it's just like such a really neat little <laughs> yeah uh, uh good yeah well, it's, it's just good, good isn't it it's good good um i yeah yeah to return to Oh, sorry. Yes, the, the projection. I was going to say. Oh, right. No, I was going to turn to something else. So just you, you finish that thought, and then we'll return to something else. Le- yeah, Sorry. I, I never said whether I liked the projection thing or not. I don't <laughs> like the projection thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> just because, just because I. Well, basically, because I'm, I'm imagining if we're doing a painted backdrop, then like projecting video onto it will just look weird. Yeah. Um, well, my one thought and... was actually like having a more plain backdrop and projecting at all times the rock with the cormorants. Well, on. so. Right, so my suggestion was going to be, what if the whole backdrop was back projected, yes. and then we just have some little penguins that we can see in the back projection, and they just sort of move around a little bit, and maybe yeah. they go for a swim or whatever, and it's just a nice little loopy video yes. that we see throughout the thing. And yes, and that's the other important thing, is that backdrop needs to have this other island in. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Which looks like, what does he say? It looks like a pile of poo or something. Basically a stink, that. A stinky pile of poo. Yeah. I do I do <laughs> think it would be neat, though, if you had this back this back projected backdrop, and in the moment they bring the binoculars up to their eyes, we get like a zoom in, like a like on a telescopic lens type. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, nice. That's really well, that solves that. <laughs> Penguin sorted. I was just going to return to that thought about the length of it because we've sort of talked both about, you know, it potentially being like a B play in front of something else and anyone could perform in it, you know, and, and like you say, it could tour touring shows. The other thought was about my my thought as well was about expanding it and like you said john finnamore had an hour and a half version of this at some point i think there i think there's so much to get out of it and i think that you know even the stuff you talk about with like the physical comedy around the flag how much more you could get out of these conversations i think and also like just how much more you could get out of the physical space of it once you put it in a real place you know right now on radio like you kind of have to fill everything with dialogue but actually i think there could be nice Mm. moments where like they just sit and play chess for a bit or right yeah for sure well that so because a lot of the scenes end when they start playing chess exactly we need to find a way to get them on the boat yes as we are yes exactly we're gonna have to have them have conversations while they play chess yeah yeah and like they sit and eat together i think as well it'd be really fun to do like a scene where they drink together and they like get a bit looser and you know we learn a bit more about who they are beyond being these diplomats on these islands i think that (laughs) is that is this jaws (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) um i think i think there's a lot there's so much to dig into i think uh if you wanted to say actually no i don't want this to be like a b play in front of something else i want this to be its own own thing i think there's at least 90 minutes of material here if not more to get out of it and actually i think that that doesn't mean you can't have 
I don't know, like, I, I don't know how many times they meet in this. Maybe six or seven? Yeah, something like something that. Something like yeah. that, yeah. Not, not many, yeah. Like, uh, if you made those, like, say, you know, I don't know, 15 minutes each or 20 minutes each, you're already looking at filling two hours. Yeah, definitely. Because def- I was going to say, I, I think there's a suggestion that between, like, the last two, there's a big gap where they've yeah. met a lot of times, but they we haven't heard about it. Ah, uh, see, uh, that's interesting because I read it as there was, there's was there been a big gap and the, and the Danishman hasn't known where he's been. Oh. But it could be either. I actually think yeah, it maybe. could be either. I think it's. I think it's unclear. Yeah. And I and either could work. And and either opens up opportunities for us on stage because we could have like a series. Mm. You know, like a a day in the life of the the Dane whilst he's waiting to hear back from the British guy and he doesn't hear from him and him just going yeah. about doing yeah, things yeah. on the island and stuff. Well, look, that's all. That's all good stuff. I think it could be a B play. I think it could be a, a full length play. Well, look, it's we normally do hour long episodes. Yes, but I hope you've spent half an hour listening to the radio play. So we filled your and hour so for the week. <laughs> we've filled your hour. That's our obligation um, to fill one hour of your week with audio content. Our our, du- our duty from the from Her Majesty's government <laughs> yes, is yeah. to fulfill your obligation. Uh, Martin Cleans does a brilliant like. It's like a British like I can't remember yeah, what it's called. Yeah, and he has that the, like slight, wobbly tar- wobbly lip. He has that like RP like really firm RP, but then that slight like you know that kind of like slight mispronunciation of R's, so you get like more of a word than a R. And I think yeah, that that's... exactly. That's what I'm. That's what oh, I was trying okay, to articulate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, it works so well. It just like yeah, it's, it's really. I think. I think um, I think they're both well realized characters, but his in particular is really well realized in terms of voice, which is all you have on radio. So yeah, what well on him? I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, I have no way of assessing how good Tom Goodman Hill's uh, Danish. Is. Yeah, I have to say every Danish <laughs> but, um, accent I've ever heard has been a stereotype, so <laughs> like of what you would imagine a Danish accent would be. So yeah, well, I've I've met I've met real Danes. So have I, to be fair. I think it was all right. I just don't remember what they sound like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, Look, I I think that's a really exciting... I think it's a really neat idea for a two-hander of a play, and it's all there. And I think, actually, the ideas we've come up with, that's also just so doable in a a lot of the spaces that would be built for this kind of show, I think. If, If you could get it up to two hours and you could make it funny, but also make it sort of sweet and and uh yeah i think i think it could it's the kind of thing that could definitely feel if you could get two names attached to it as well definitely the kind of place that you think could, that could feel places like the oxford playhouse and others around the country yeah i think that's uh, that's exactly it like a lot of the time on this podcast we do things that like either would have to be really ambitious and have a lot of money behind them or things that we have we 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 try and keep things very small or, or like, or they just require like, there's a lot of challenges, a lot of thought. Maybe there's, there's a lot of CGI in film right now, for example, like yes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is, as you said, at the, right at the start, like it's already a play, but I was just really excited to talk about it. And I'd, yeah. I'd love to talk about some of the others if we, if we, if we want to do it more, more kind of these little shorter ones. Absolutely. Because they are all, they're all so stageable and I'd, I'd love to see them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just think they'd be great. Yeah. I, w- I mean, like I said, I would definitely watch this. And I think if you got, two really yeah like two sort of personalities attached to it in terms of whatever actors you chose and as i said before like the casting is very open i think i think you could you could be selling something that would be a a really exciting thing to go and watch yeah absolutely all right all right um well if people 
want to find you online, Caleb. Yes. Where can they do that? You can find me online at Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Caleb Lebster. That's C-A-L-E-B-L-E-B-S-T-E-R. Jake, where can people find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Jakey Mori. That's J-A-K-E-Y-M-O-R-R-Y. Or on Twitter at Jake underscore Mori. That's J-A-K-E underscore M-O-R-R-Y. And we are Maybe You Like It Productions, and this is the Maybe You Like It podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Maybe You Like It. That's with the letter you or you can find us on facebook at maybe you like it productions that's with the word you or you can visit our website at www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk or drop us an email at info at maybe you like it.co.uk and don't forget to rate us wherever you get your podcasts and give us a little review as well and do go and listen to all of john finnamore's things when we do we're doing recommendations i recommended season nine of his souvenir program because yeah. it's like a one long story over like five generations and there's so many clever things like threaded through it and i continue to highly highly recommend that and it's being played like every day in a row over christmas oh, uh, nice. on radio four so uh, watch out for that as well um i'm sorry i, I know i plug him all the time but just, <laughs> no 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 do it. um <laughs> well maybe you like that maybe you Thank you very much. That was a Maybe You Like It production. Maybe you liked it. Maybe you didn't. <laughs>